We welcome you back to the mountains and the sea, where we endeavor to make it our mission, or at least a pretty unhealthy obsession, to find the highs and the lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm a host, Josh. And I'm the other host, Christy. Good to meet you, Christy. Yeah, nice to meet you, Josh. What's going on today? Today, today. Today! (laughs) We are talking about our final set of outtakes from For You. I had no idea it was going to take us seven episodes to cover For You. Me either. I mean, I sort of plan these things out and sort of listen to his music a lot. Uh That's like my contribution. (laughs) Yeah. I thought we might get like three or four episodes. We'd split the album in half and maybe do a little outtake episode and maybe... Maybe one more. other little thing. Uh Uh-huh. It's turned into a three-month journey. (laughs) That's right. It has. Yeah. So, yeah, sadly, episode seven of our For You coverage, bringing it to a close. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's really just the beginning. I mean... It's the beginning of everything. It's the beginning of his career. Which is why it's so cool, so important. And we have dug deep to find home recordings, instrumentals... Stuff he sang background on and I supposedly played guitar on, even though I can't even hear any guitar. We'll get there. Yeah, yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Up first are a handful of relatively short but nicely mm, recorded. Mm-hmm. They're sta- like soundboard studio recordings of instrumentals Sure, that Young Prince recorded. That's right. The first of which is labeled aptly instrumental from Sound 80 Studios. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he evidently recorded quite a few of these. There are a lot of them. I chose the ones that had the most meat to them. There are a series of these that are like under a minute long. That Uh is just like noodling and this kind of stuff. Like someone was like, yeah, you got 10 minutes. Go in there. And so he, go do something. He did. He did some. (laughs) But these were like, these three, I felt like were almost the beginnings of songs. Certainly this first one is like the most fleshed out and Uh the lengthiest of them all. Yeah. Measuring it at three minutes and 53 seconds. Mm -hmm. So have we talked about Sound 80 Studios before? We did. Okay. I thought so. That was Chris Moon's. Yes. Yes. His studio. Yes. So like I don't pay, I feel horrible saying this, but I mean, change my mind i don't pay a lot of attention to prince.com the website like when it first launched i was like excited and it's like it's good that it's there and you know there's a central place for this stuff but do i go and hunt around on it a lot no prince vault is easier to navigate and lots of information and yeah it is to a degree like over designed where it can get in the way of like i want to find out some cool information about prince and Especially if you're on a phone, it can be tough to get around mm-hmm. a little bit. Anyway, but I do want to give them credit. They launched becoming.prince.com okay. a year and a half, two years ago, which like tells the story of Prince's coming of age. And I hadn't really poked around on it much, and that's where I went. Uh, there's like a map you can explore. You can like read it linearly. And shows like all of it, like his home and Andre's home. Oh, that's and cool. His first home that he purchased or rented. Mm-hmm. And Studio 80 is part of that story. And you can like kind of gives you a visual, like what was the neighborhood like uh-huh. right. back then? 
Yeah. And it is a really cool Was he taking his roller skates or was he bumping a ride? Yeah. Yeah. Or he was like on a skateboard and holding on to somebody's bumper uh-huh. like Marty McFly. Uh-huh. That's a thing Marty McFly did, right? Yes. Yeah. I but so. I don't know if Prince wrote a lot of skateboards. Uh, he could. He could play 80 instruments and ride 48 different types of skates. <laughs> Coming soon on becomingprint.prince.com, his modes of transportation that he mastered. Anyway, I thought it was cool to see Sound 80 there, complete with an ad from the 1970s that's that's on there too, touting their all caps fat sound and their 16 track recorder. So it was very cool. So it was from from Mm becoming.prince.com. Sound 80 Studios was the premier recording facility in Minnesota in the 1970s. It would also become the site of recordings by Bob Dylan, who obviously was also a Minnesota native. Mm -hmm. He recorded his 1975 album Blood on the Tracks there. Cat Stevens recorded there and Prince, obviously, Obviously. recorded there. Uh, His little six song demo reel. Uh, with engineer and musician David Z. Rifkin, who's the brother of the revolution's Bobby Z. Uh And at the end of the decade, Sound 80 Studios would also host the recording sessions for the breakout single, Funky Town, by Lips Incorporated. That's awesome. I did not know that. I found some stuff on Prince.com. I did not know, and it was a cool experience, so I wanted to give it a shout-out off the top of the show. Excellent. I've done a lot of talking from the start of the show here. That's fine. You have interesting things to say. That's kind of why I wanted to make this whole podcast. It wasn't so that I could have deep thoughts about Prince things, though that's also sort of a thing that sometimes happens. It happens a lot based on the texts (laughs) I get. This is true. Which are primarily, your wife is amazing. You don't have to text me that. I know that. I do get these texts. I know. You tell me about them, and it makes me very happy. Um, But yes, I mean, that's really why I want to make this podcast, because you have all this knowledge in your brain about Prince stuff. stuff I found out in the last two weeks. I know, but... I originally wanted to do it because you had all this stuff. You had a lot of stuff in your brain. Now you're putting more stuff in there that I thought it should be out there. And then, you know, someday our children are going to be like, did you know mom and dad did a podcast about (laughs) Prince? Like you were 19. We told you. They know, but there's going to be a day someday when we're not here and they're going to be like, you know what I'd really like to do? I'd like to listen to my mom and dad talk about stuff. Oh, some of it will make them uncomfortable. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> Kids, we came into this room to keep it from you, so you discover it now. Oh. Anyway. From the first beats of instrumental. Do you know what came into my head? And this is ancient josh memory stuff contest song from 2001 does that ring any type of bell to you at all (laughs) from the dumbfound look on your face like what are you talking about now so in 2001 the npg music club put out what prince called contest song and asked npg music club members to record their own lyrics to the instrumental that was released and the favorites were featured on the site 
They're out there in the ether somewhere now. But it reminded me of it, so I went back to listen to it, and it's not really that much like it at all. Okay. But it has the feeling of uh, that song, which sounds like a thing that like lyrics were withheld from on purpose to me. And it does have sort of the same start-stop nature in in spots. Okay. And a very it's a gentle, like upbeat instrumental, which is what this is too, a little peppy. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively fast paced, that type of thing, with rhythm guitar and Oh, shocker. Newsflash, oh. Prince played rhythm guitar on some of his <laughs> instrumentals. Yeah, a kind of a rubbery bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, which is very of this time. I mean, if you were like, if I was going to time capsule all seven episodes, which okay. I'm, I'm going to do, but I'm not going to do, you know, a mountain and a sea uh-huh. for all of them. But I think that would have to be my time capsule for the whole thing would be this rubbery mm-hmm. sort of guitar mm-hmm. that's under in so many of these songs from this time period. And you hear it later, but it's just so prevalent. It's very interesting that you say that because later on I will make reference to a song from an album called Stretching Out in R- Bootsy's Rubber Band, oh. Bootsy Collins from 1976. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I d- totally believe you're correct. Cool. Yeah. 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 I think this uh, s- certainly features Prince's guitar playing, mm-hmm. but also his sense of precision because yeah. it does do a lot of, you know, doom, 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 doom. You know, uh-huh. there's like starts and stops and keeping time uh-huh. is almost like this is almost an exercise in timekeeping. Oh, yeah. You could set your watch by it almost. I'm sure you could. I have not tried, but I never would <laughs> never question. Never watch by anything, <laughs> honestly. Not now. <laughs> My- I set a watch by the garbage can <laughs> to remember to throw it away. <laughs> That's an option. <laughs> um, yeah, but all the quick starts and stops like that were very common throughout the four four U tracks. You know, soft and wet's full of that mm-hmm. off the you know off the top. A lot of those kind of breaks at forty four seconds. There's a break. And then it takes off into what I would call like a bridge type sound after that and even this live piano flourish uh-huh. at 57 seconds that kind of hit me out of nowhere didn't remember or realize that it was there as i started listening to this there's a single drum hit at a minute and 17 seconds that could have been straight from soft and wet Yes, and that's followed by this kind of almost staccato electric guitar mm-hmm. right after it. Yep. Lots of rhythm guitar directly after that, too. All really lovely. That same piano flourish we get again at a minute and 58 seconds. And you know me, I appreciate a fast and prompt ending yes. to my instrumental songs. <laughs> <laughs> No Fade seems like just kind of a fun funk workout for a young prince who had time in the studio, pick up some instruments, lay some stuff down, Mm -hmm. let's see what you can do and make it 
amazing that a single person plays every note of every instrument that you hear. Well, and what I think what's really cool about this little short bit is that there's this kind of almost a musical chorus. Correct. Yeah. And then there's almost like these different verses or bridges and all of them sound enough like each other that they make sense here in this one track. But if you told me that each of the different kinds of breaks were their own track, I would believe that too. Oh, okay. Like they had enough variety in Mm -hmm. them, but they still sounded like they went together. So I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I think it it was almost written like a song with lyrics, but the lyrics aren't present. Right. So, of course, yeah, then there is that chorus repeat. Sometimes I would find myself getting a little... Not tired of, but it is a repetitive track towards the end. Yes. There's a lot of repeat there, but in my head, I'm thinking, give this track a break. It's, you know, Prince has time in the studio. He's trying some stuff out, recording more, maybe even that he needs to do a fade out or who knows what the intention was, right? And then I would look, I'm like, oh, it's only like three minutes and 20 seconds in. It's not yeah. that repeat. It hasn't been going on. Yeah, you know, I mean, the last 12 like minutes. 55 seconds are pretty repetitive, but yeah. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's like doing stuff. It's just like yeah. figuring stuff out. It's like Prince doing yoga in the morning to <laughs> stretch out. Yeah. Not that you need to do that when you're 17 or however old he uh-huh. was when this was recorded. But I thought kind of a neat, you know, Wrinkle in Time there, um, and a nice little four-minute instrumental Mm -hmm. from a young prince doing it all. Then we have a couple of instrumental tracks from the France Avenue home, which we've talked about some of these before. We have. I think you chose four and five. Yes. That's how they're labeled, number four and number five. Right. For a reason, because they are related to one another. They are related into one another, mm-hmm. related into one another. Is that what mm, I said? Sure. Yeah, they have similar tones. They uh-huh. could almost be a suite put together. Well, and they sound a little like Purple Rain from oh. a guitar standpoint. Okay, but I can hear that. They also sound like Practice for Miss You. Well, okay. Or reworking yeah. of Miss You. Oh, Both you're of right. these are Miss You. I didn't even You hear didn't that. make the connection? No, I was too busy going like, well, this tone is so pretty. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's all guitar, right? Uh-huh. It's basically bass, rhythm guitar. Right. There's no percussion, no synths. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we have in four, we have these guitars and the very sweet keyboards that we had in Miss You. Okay. It's only just over a minute, and they're different than what we, oh, we heard in the actual right. Miss right. You track. Yeah. But um, Miss You being an unreleased Prince Miss You, not the Rolling Stones. Right. Yeah. Yes. So Prince's Miss You, which we talked about last episode, I think, mm, or two episodes ago. One or the other. Oh, last episode. Okay. Confirmed. <laughs> confirmed, <laughs> confirmed. Confirmed with paper. I know. Uh, yes. I know. I have my system. You do, and it works well. (laughs) It involves actual notebooks that I buy on clearance after after back-to-school time is done. (laughs) Like 27% of our closet space is unused notebooks. (laughs) I've calculated it, and it is your system, and it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, like the high-pitched 
plucking throughout this uh-huh. almost serves as the beat. Yes. Um, there's a very chorus sound at 20 through 21 seconds. I thought it was kind of chorusy, uh-huh. and at 21 seconds, it was kind of versy. Okay. To me. drop some, you know, <laughs> instrumental music knowledge vocabulary on you. <laughs> yeah, very this is, these are technical terms. Of course they are. So it's a minute and 11 seconds, and it seems even shorter than that to me, whereas uh, instrumental... Uh-huh, sound 80, <laughs> yes. Uh, ...can seem maybe longer than the three minute and 53 second running time because it does get repetitive at the end. This It ends and you're like, well, what the hell? Well, no, I'm just... You can if you if you like it, go listen to Miss You. Yeah. That's a little bit longer. Sure, sure. <laughs> I was also struck by how what a nice sounding home recording this was, yeah. as opposed to many of the other like cassette recorder on top of a piano <laughs> in a you know concrete room. Uh-huh. This was kind of a more plugged in soundboard recording. Well, he did have a very nice mm-hmm. basic facility in yeah. the France Avenue basement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't going to record albums there, but it gave him a space to, right? You know, to work kick on it up stuff. a level, yeah. yeah, and work on stuff that would be usable and not just like, a, oh, let me, let me revisit what I wrote here. Let me push play. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like that at all, right? No. Right, right. No. And then uh, instrumental number five yeah. is, uh, you know, like a bass guitar mostly, mm-hmm. and it sounds like if. Miss You had had a bass guitar, this is what it would have been. I hadn't thought to try to put these together to oh, see if they I... were kind of like parts to Well, I listened they do, to they're that. They're very similar. Yeah, well, I listened to these back to back and okay. then to back with Miss You. Okay. And it is all, these are parts of him working on Miss You. I have not realized that and did not read that anywhere. Oh. So I hope that you are oh, no, harbinger I, of this knowledge. Uh, no, uh, I believe I read um, an allusion to that on printsongs.org by okay. Zach Hoskins. I want to give him credit where credit is due. Very cool. I did not see that. Have never mm-hmm. heard that before. So that's that's deep knowledge. Right. There's some keyboard chords in the left channel at about. They're, they're throughout, but they get a little bit louder at about 35 seconds. And at first, I had to listen to it several times. I thought it was Prince humming. Oh, okay. It was not. But it was not. It was like the keyboards playing chords. Okay. But yeah. I mean, it's short, minute, half. Yeah. There you go. In, out, done. Yep. In, out, done. Yeah. Next up is another home recording, though back to the kind of ambient. That's where it really struck me that how these other instrumentals from France Avenue, Adina Home, uh-huh. sounded so soundboardy. Right. And then you get a song like Nadira and uh-huh. a couple others that we have here that's back to just like Prince with a recorder in front of him uh-huh. playing acoustic guitar and... I don't know, like bringing out his inner John Denver. Yeah. In many ways. Yeah. It's very 
influenced you can tell by the white artists he'd been listening to I think so there is a lot yeah I say I say John Denver kiddingly but yeah it's artists like Joni Mitchell Mm -hmm. and others similar that he was listening to that are like a real like I'm like the folksy yeah pop yeah like very I don't know the kind of like song books that you would go and, and purchase they were like they were songs, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't like funk workouts or right. the kind of stuff that I would think a young prince would be like, let me get in there, show you what I can do. Mm-hmm. Here he is like taking a step back and putting together like this pretty melody and taking the time to layer some vocals in there. However, he did that. Uh-huh. Um, and acoustic guitar. So uh-huh. it was very like campfire, yeah. Midwestern, well, Americana kind of music to me. And evidently... He was dating a girl at some point around this time named Nadira. Mm-hmm. And it's also very much a, this is how young Prince impressed not only record executives and friends and people in the industry, but girls. I mean, what was his greatest strength? What was the best gift he ever gave to any woman? It was a song, and it was always that way. The thing that they wanted most from him was not that they wanted most from him. The gift they most appreciated was the gift of his talent. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many guys are you going to date who can write songs, Uh play the music, sing you know like an angel uh-huh and write pretty contemporary and like wise for his age mm-hmm. usually sure we'll get to some of the exceptions <laughs> here in a little while um but yeah about being like a teenager and you know when i first looked into your eyes that's when i knew i wanted you uh-huh then i remember that i was so nervous nervous i think is what he uh-huh. says i didn't know what to do so cool that you made me feel like a fool so this was very like there's this is uncocky prince too uh-huh. oh this is so, like smitten and you've won me over type prince yes which i think is more touching because that wasn't it wasn't often that i mean he had great confidence for good reason Uh uh-huh you know throughout most of his career yeah so this was very raw and vulnerable to me in a way that made it even more special than some of the songs on for you Mm -hmm. turned out to be right uh it starts out almost completely or the first 22 seconds are completely in the left channel yes The whole song mostly kind of stays in the left channel with some things happening in the right. I'm sure that was a limitation of however he was recording, recording the stuff. Probably. Yeah, get left and right and nothing in between. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. 
um, at 41 seconds, it's difficult to tell. Are there multiple vocal layers that are nearly identical or is there a bit of an echo Mm. on his vocal? It's difficult to tell, but then when he says, Oh, Nadira, it's definitely multiple vocal tracks. Some places it's hard to tell whether it's just an echo and effect on his voice or a side effect of the room that he was in. Yeah. A side effect. Not a sound effect? Or, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like like a a, a consequence of the room that he was in. Right. A sound effect makes it sound like, you know, he. He might want to have some modium nearby. Oh, I don't a side know. effect yeah. makes it sound that way. I think yeah. you said sound effect. Oh no, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you can you can laugh at us and are not able to speak. Well we have and... totally screwed that analogy up. There, there was there was gold there. <laughs> there was pure <laughs> no, podcast was gold there. No, there wasn't. Yeah, there was. There was. Um, the ever present effect of a guitar thump I think on for an acoustic uh-huh. guitar player like you're almost obligated to do it uh-huh. not that it's like trite or anything it's just kind of a cool effect that's right there for you to be able to you know hit the guitar and get a sound from it mm-hmm. um, yeah. we have one in a minute and 18 seconds before he poses the question for the second time now that you know I love you, baby, what are you going to do? Yeah, I was like, all right, dude, he's letting her take the lead. He's yeah. letting her make a decision. Yeah, she's in the driver's seat. Yeah, this is... You know, he's confessed his feelings for her and is leaving the next step up to her. Yeah, I'll follow your lead. And it's actually leaving it up to her because later, in songs later in his career, he makes it, he says the words that are like, you make the choice, but really it's not, you make the choice, it's an ultimatum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Like the, the illusion of choice. Yeah. Like he's saying, either do this or let's break up. That's not a choice. I mean, it is a choice, but it's an ultimatum. It's yeah. not a, okay, tell me yeah, where we go, go from anywhere. here. Yeah. Tell yeah. me where you see this going so that we can make a decision about this. Yep. You tell me what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminded me, it's nothing like it whatsoever, but as I listened to him sing, what are you going to do? Uh-huh. It made me think of, I have no idea why, but <laughs> all this love from... Bria's album oh, that was part okay. of Lotus Flower. What are you going to do with all this love? It was sort of that same idea that all of this is here for you. Uh huh. But only if you. Yeah, if you're going to take it. You're going to leverage it however you like, and I'm going to be okay with it because I uh, release control to you. Short and sweet. Yes. Kind of sketch like again. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a lot of what. Like Joni Mitchell, when I listen to her, I think obviously it's well crafted mm-hmm. and well planned, but it seems kind of 
improv Yeah, it feels spontaneous, it's, it's, even if it's very well planned. Yeah, it's like super produced wandering uh-huh. somehow. Yeah. 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 Continuing on with um, yet another home recording, this one back to his friend Andre Anderson, Andre Simone's home basement. That's right. Seven minutes and 20 seconds, by far the longest track we've got, uh-huh. uh, called I Spend My Time Loving You. Mm-hmm. It was indeed intended for inclusion on For You at one point, but it is not known to have been recorded in a professional studio. I'm still just in awe that these basement recordings have survived. Yeah. They don't sound great, but I can't ever hold that against Quality these. Quality-wise, right. they, yes, they, that's they what sound I mean. like have no resources except uh-huh. to be able to hit record on a cassette yeah. player in the late 70s. Yeah. Yeah, that the the assumption that it was meant to be included perhaps at one point on For You was straight from Prince's own handwritten notes that are in The Beautiful Ones. Yes. Um, his unfinished autobiography. Yeah. Man, teenage obsession is all-consuming But now that you are mine, days and nights remain the same, and from your eyes remains the only light. It's so dramatic and a little clumsy and... I mean, just so teenagery. Yeah, like yeah, like a teenager trying to be a poet and not failing. It just yeah, exploring it, yeah. and purposefully yeah, overreaching. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it just that's part of the work ethic. Like, there's the heart of it here. Like, the, I may be in over my head, but I'm going to go all in, and we'll mm-hmm. see where it goes. Yeah, kind of thing. I did want to point out too. He does count this in. We got a little three, four. As he counts it into play. I was thrown off immediately also in in the spirit of thinking of it as like a teenager writing Uh a song or poetry and trying to be, you know, sophisticated to a certain level with him singing. I used to spend my time painting watercolor portraits of a long sunrise. So that sounds like, you know, Walt Whitman mm-hmm. uh, light, but then I was like, let me stop you there, man. Portraits of a long sunrise? Yeah, because aren't portraits of people? That's what I thought. So yeah, <laughs> portrait painting... According to Wikipedia, where I get all my knowledge and information, is a genre in painting where the intent is to represent a specific human subject. So I don't know if he was doing this intentionally. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I guess the, uh, the best scenario is he understood that and he is comparing a long sunrise to her beautiful face. Oh, yeah, no. But I, I, <laughs> I think I might be giving a little too much credit. I, I th- I think so. So, I mean, we've got into this a little bit with, you know, are you sailing or are you rowing Uh in the last episode? And here I think we just have the same kind of, just some things that don't quite line up. Um, Uh But, again, home recording, this is like practice. Yeah. We talk about practice. That's right. As Alan Iverson 
once said. <laughs> We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Hello to one of the longest yous ever. Because mm. I would do everything for you. And it's 17 seconds long and he takes at least two breaths. <laughs> great though i mean again like working on his Uh pitch and breathing exercises all that kind of stuff is part of it and again it's that very dramatic young person yeah thing we've got a first mention of war in a prince song too Mm -hmm. i used to spend my time wondering why the war was here Or could that be the Vietnam War ended in 1975? There was an Arab-Israeli conflict from like the late 60s to the early 70s, but not sure. No. And obviously he didn't serve and his family was not a military family. Right. So it was just a, I don't know, a, a way to work in conflict to compare it with things like portraits of a beautiful sunrise. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. There are two... Opposed things. Mm-hmm. Um, at three minutes and four seconds to three minutes, 19 seconds, there's an acoustic guitar solo that goes wildly across the scales in a pretty way, high and low. And again, just seemed yeah. again like, let me see what my fingers can do. It's bluesy and twangy. Yeah. And yeah. Like very enjoyable. For sure. A theme we see a lot later with Prince is fated love. You and I, we were made for each other. Mm-hmm. But maybe that fated for each other was only for a season, making love for the rest of our summer. Yeah. When you were 16, summer summer and Christmas, that was like everything, right? Uh-huh. Like all you could wish, like, it took forever for summer to get there. And then like every day was so important. And uh-huh. then you blink and you're like, it's gone. Yeah. So it just like this weighted importance of, and we saw this in a lot of print songs about high school uh-huh. and there's a lot of high school mentality. Yeah. Especially lasted long with the after. time. Yeah. 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 It was almost like his high school self lived through Morris Day. Uh huh. Continued yeah. to live through Morris Day long yeah. after he was done with high school. Yeah. Which was yeah. squeaky when they got to their mid 20s and they were singing about high school girls. But I, again, it's, you know, it's a relatable thing. And then yeah. that was a lot more common than I think to like really gear a song towards a oh, particular like, age group. Yeah. I mean, even like how much was the high school glamorized and Greece and uh-huh. all these, like high school people, they were, that was cool. Uh-huh. College was nothing. Yeah. Well, a lot of people didn't go to college. I know. You had no yeah. frame of reference. Yeah. I thought again, another 
pretty song. It goes on for a while, but <laughs> I hate to criticize, you know, the length of these things because they aren't edited, produced, overdubbed. Right. Very, very, very little in the most rudimentary way possible. Mm-hmm. That's very fair. He didn't, you know, revisit this. Mm-hmm. So, which I think is fine because he revisited similar themes in a more succinct way. Yeah. Later. Yeah, so this fine. was, you know, a love song. Nothing, I wouldn't say anything like remarkable about any one part of it. But again, as an early like glimpse into mm-hmm. whereas he was forming his own personality still. Yeah, you know? a snippet of his history that we get here, yeah. his very early career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Another one in that, and another one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, same type of recording of Nightingale. Yes. Uh, also in the Anderson basement. Yeah, in the mid, uh, middle part of 1976. Mm-hmm. Four minutes and 16 seconds. Mm-hmm. This one's a little more like Nadira in how folk music influenced it feels. Mm. Okay. <laughs> At the beginning. It's, you know, him messing with stuff after he's hit record. I'm like, that's kind of like when we're sitting around deciding who's going to do the intro. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Clear your throat. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. You're right. There is some, you know, doodling or getting settled Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But again, like that happens on every recording. There's stuff that happens. Uh huh. That is edited out, or you know, there's a count in that you know isn't there on the right. final recording. So this is just kind of a a more transparent view of like a little rehearsal session mm-hmm. by himself. I have to admit, I like I knew a nightingale was a kind of bird. Okay. I was like, why would Prince choose a nightingale? It's a pretty bird. It's a pretty name. He liked the night. It sings. It sings. So I went down a rabbit hole of oh, did you? nightingales. Oh, uh, a small passerine bird. Oh, okay. Best yeah. known for its powerful and beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. It's a songbird. Yeah. Then I got into like arrangement of their toes. They have three <laughs> point three pointing forward and one pointing back, which facilitates perching, and it's part of how birds are like scientifically organized their toes. Oh, I was going to say, aren't all birds toes, almost all birds toes like that? Um, apparently not, because there is a whole dactyl arrangement oh, wow. cataloging <laughs> system that wow. I'll let you look up on your own. <laughs> because You've had I've, enough? I've probably told you far too much. I mean, as much as I love birds. Oh, gosh. Josh doesn't like birds at all. I'm fine with birds. I don't want to be in a room with birds. Mm, okay. You did a great job. We went to an aquarium and... Josh did a great job of not freaking out when the birds landed all over the rest of his family. You think you go to an aquarium, maybe (laughs) the airborne animals might not make an appearance, let alone land on you. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't appreciate that. Oh, the kids loved it, though. I appreciated it for them. Yeah. Anyway, Nightingale. Uh Uh-huh. For the home recording, that is a lot of princes singing oh, Nightingale. Yeah, there are, yeah like, there's a lot of layered vocals. Good here. job. For dude. sure. I don't know how he did that. I don't either. It's great. Yeah. Congratulations. Nightingale. 
He says, uh, you take away all my pain. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so that made me wonder, is it like Florence Nightingale? She's like, you know, famous wartime nurse, Florence Nightingale. No, I really think once you get later into the lyrics, I think it's just a bird. Because he says, though you are different than me, I feel the same. He's got this sad kinship. Thing, yeah. With the bird, right? With the bird. Uh, yeah, I kept waiting for this to turn into he's comparing a young woman to this beautiful nightingale song. Uh-huh. No, no. I, I think don't think it ever gets him. there. I think it's him who feels trapped. Sure. Even though the bird is outside. Free. The bird is free, but he feels trapped. But I guess the bird's song is mournful, sad. Mm-hmm. Is serving time for a crime that wasn't mine. It's a simple, repetitive rhyme scheme that almost feels like it's a character talking about an incarceration, but... You know, is he sad that he's not at home? That he's... That's what I thought, that this is kind of him reflecting on whatever went on with his own dad to end yeah. up out of the house and having to, you know, move into a friend's place uh-huh. down the road. Right. So that's kind of, but I'm like, well, you know, I guess depending on what story you believe there, he, you know, there was some behavior. I can't imagine kicking my kid out, but... You know, there was some behavior that maybe had facilitated the... Maybe more than one warning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not taking ownership of that. Surprise, surprise. Prince He's not wants taking ownership of it, but to... it does make him sad. He longs yes. for it to be better. Right. So, and that's fair. Yeah. I mean, we at least see an honest emotion here. Mm-hmm. He does sing like... About the Nightingale song, gentle bars, I rejoice all alone with the rain. These prison walls are very small. Um, I got to gentle bars and i was like oh he's okay he's talking about music not drinking uh-huh. <laughs> you know, bars of music <laughs> or you know things that keep you in or a prison could be, yeah or maybe there's a connection there between yeah musical bars and mm-hmm. prison bars prison bars yeah he does get a little more hopeful at the end he's wishing to share with his little bird friend nightingale where are you the sun is here when i'm not feeling so blue sun has come out yeah 
but the nightingale has gone. Yeah, because they're, you know, they sing when it's dark. dark, I think. I don't know. Or dawn and dusk. That's when most birds are active. So I didn't True. do the deep dive on the nightingales. I don't know. If but you wanted to get into which directions their toes point, I could mm. offer you a good conversation there. But their um, singing schedule, we'll have to maybe post on the socials, Christy. Sure. Yes, I'll I will uh, do some snooping about and uh, find something to post along with as many <laughs> find well, something to post <laughs> about about the nightingale's habits. Sure, along with whatever links I can find to songs and lyrics and all the different things. You can find us on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter or X or whatever it's called these days. Uh, at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. If you don't do the socials and you want a link to something, let me know. I'll be happy to send it over. Speaking of socials and other podcasts, mm-hmm. I was listening to, this is a little spoiler alert for what's coming next, okay. but here we are in November of 2023. Yes. The Diamonds and Pearl Super Deluxe Edition has recently been released, so I was getting a sneak listen to the official Prince podcast. Yeah. Um, and of course, they Andrea Swanson talked uh-huh. about all the band members and their roots. Many of them have roots right there in Minneapolis, sort of like a homegrown band. And Sonny Thompson is interviewed and starts talking about like the what's the earliest he knew Prince and it was like basically all his life mm-hmm. and he said oh yeah there's this thing we recorded in my band the Lewis Connection got to be something here and it was like oh Prince is doing background vocals all over that and I'm like I don't know that I've listened to that in forever so hence its inclusion here here we go as one of the earliest professional Prince recordings that there are although you have to really want to hear it <laughs> but I think you can so the Lewis Connection is an alternate name for the band The Family that was led by Sonny Thompson with no relation to The family, family from 1985. Yep. Right. right. Yeah, and it's funny because The Lewis Connection released one album in 1979, but it was recorded several years earlier or right. over several years, but this particular song was quite a bit earlier than its actual release. And it the album is titled the Lewis Connection, but Connection is spelled with only one N. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It was homegrown, right? It was just yeah. like a little local release. But it was like you could tell it was intentional. Okay. Because it's got the Lewis Connection and then the name of the album, the Lewis Connection, and but with only one N. Okay. I don't know why. Couldn't tell you either. But this was also recorded at Sound 80 mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. Yes. And Sunny T. Sonny Thompson would be later be rebranded Sonny mm-hmm. T and welcomed into the new power generation some 10, 13, 13 years, years later, later, 12, yeah. 13 years later. This is one of the tracks that Prince played on to raise money, save up money for his first trip to New York City in the fall of 1976. That's right. Oh, man, that bouncy stereo was hard for me. Oh, was it? It went back and forth. It does vibrate back a and little forth. bit. I was bit. glad I was sitting down while I was listening to it. Okay. You can also find this song on the compilation Purple Snow, Forecasting the Minneapolis Sound, 
And apparently Got to Be Something Here was also released as a single by a Japanese label called P-Vine Records last year in 2022. So who knows if they're trying to capitalize on the fame and fortune and passing of Prince. But I mean, that's a long time to wait also. It was a good six years after Prince's passing to release it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. Prince is credited for guitar and background vocals. Yeah. As I said up front, I had trouble picking out guitar on this at all outside of bass. Okay. But you can hear some very soulful 1970s stylistics type ooze and coos uh-huh. in the background quite a bit. Yes. Boy, Sonny T sounds like a baby. Oh, you think I mean, so? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he was young. He, he wasn't was as young, young as Prince. No, but he, was, but he was a young man, and you can tell... I just, I'm like, oh, you sound so young. I also thought that, um, I mean, we hear Sonny T sing a lot on Exodus, which uh-huh. we have covered. Yeah. So... I had trouble, like, do I prefer him a little more mature, singing in the same way? Uh-huh. And, of course, on Exodus, it was, like, kind of this dirty, he was a, like, uh-huh. he was a thug, yeah. you know, playing the part of a thug. And here, it's, like, the opposite. He's He might be a little thuggish, but he's met someone in the song that has straightened him out and is uh-huh. worried about him. And right. And he admires her. Yeah. Uh, and decides that this is important. I got to clean myself up because her, this girl right? is yeah. worried about me. Do you think he sounded, uh, I don't know, it's maybe a dumb comparison, but I thought he sounded a little like Stevie Wonder also. Yeah. yeah. It's a little bit of that type of sound to his voice in a good way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think you can hear Prince in the background vocals. He's, when they say she's so strong, there's some background vocals so strong. And okay. I feel like you can hear Prince in there. She's so strong. I'm a man. I agree with you. I thought you could also hear him behind. She had so much to show me. 44 seconds. There's background vocals of show me. And also she sends me high. And the word high has some background uh, vocals going on at 49 seconds. She had so much to show me. She's in I thought that could possibly be Prince, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They use such a 70s phrase. Oh, which one? <laughs> oh, I think she's out of sight. Out of sight. <laughs> it's so 70s. You didn't hear people talking about things that were out of sight in the 80s. Right on. <laughs> Keyboards and horns are more prominent than any guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think like at 34 seconds, you hear a little bit. She was so and there's a little bit of a flourish at 53 seconds. Of guitar. Okay. So I think there's a few little places where it kind of pops out, but it is subtle. It is very, it is definitely not a feature. And horns were a big part of the band mm-hmm. uh, for sure. 
There's some background vocals uh, for Get It Together at 2 minutes and 53 seconds that I also think you can hear possibly Prince on. Even behind, you mentioned in a minute, 55 seconds, she's out of sight. Mm -hmm. Yes, I thought so too. Yeah. So what do you think it is that young Sonny is doing where she has to ask him repeatedly, what you're doing to yourself? Get it together. Uh, Is it like taking school seriously? uh, Is it drugs? Is it like hanging out with the wrong people? I think he's just acting a fool. Like (laughs) he's being a, you know. Out of sight, Christy. He's (laughs) he's 16-year-old boy, you know. he was older than that. Well, or whatever. So I think he was, I think Sonny T was two or three years older than Prince. Okay, so whatever. A teenage boy who is staying out late. Okay. Maybe drinking, maybe some weed. Yeah. You know, okay. he's not taking school seriously. Maybe he doesn't have a job. Maybe he's getting himself in trouble. He's stealing cars to joyride or something. I can, that's the kind of thing that I can imagine where she's just like, yeah, quit get, get it together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, you just heard it as. Baby Billy sang it with his sister I did, Amy Lee. I did. I heard. I heard uh, Sunny T's girlfriend saying, "You're misbehaving." <laughs> All the righteous gemstones yeah. on HBO. Oh, yeah. So worth a watch. Sure thing. That is foul mouthed. We get like a very '70s kind of ending to the Shooby Dooba Dooba. Yes, it's uh-huh. like he sings well, but it comes across as <laughs> almost like farcical like uh-huh. he's almost making fun of how he's trying to sound and it sounds that way through exodus too i would think it works for him uh-huh. but it struck me like wow nothing changes in you know the 15 years that pass between mm-hmm. this and when sunny is you know leading vocals with prince taking a back seat All right, final song. Neurotic Lover's Bedroom. Six minutes and three seconds. Mm -hmm. Owen Husney purchased a drum machine for or on behalf of. Okay. I'm not exactly sure. Prince. um, And this unreleased song is to believe the first recording with an actual drum machine that Prince made. Um, Not like a keyboard with a rhythm drum track. Yeah. It was likely a Korg Mini Pops SR120. Yeah, we covered the early, early, early version of Wouldn't You Love to Love Me mm-hmm. that sounds to me like it was using the same type of beat machine, uh-huh. I'll call it. I think I've got a Korg Mini app on my phone that hasn't been oh. updated since like the iPhone 4 was out, oh. but it still works. Uh-huh. But it's like letterbox uh-huh, and clearly you touch made, it. yeah you touch it and oh, like gosh. the you go to the top right it uh-huh. does one thing bottom left is like the opposite of that and you can just kind of make a little beat and effects and that uh-huh. kind of stuff yeah that's fun yeah so this song leaked during the pandemic okay and i remember coming across it and i honestly doubted up front i was like this cannot possibly sound this good and be this old and be authentic and not like faked somehow. Uh huh. What convinced you that it was 
Oh, I think Real. more more listening. That, okay. I mean, it is. Okay. It Prince's intonations. Uh huh. His words that he would rhyme but not say. The breathiness of it all. Uh-huh. You know, probably over pretending, overstepping the drug use thing um, that he probably didn't have a ton of experience with because right. I don't know where he'd get the money to get the drugs in the first place. And he was, you know, historically very, very clean. Mm-hmm. And the guitars, the electric guitars throughout. Okay. Yeah. Undoubtedly Prince. But this is one of the more recent, like within the last three years, and oldest of recordings that was just like, wow. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't believe it. I was blown away. Oh, I don't uh-huh. know how you felt. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I was just absolutely delighted that he's sitting there recording himself a radio show. Oh yeah. He's I, like the DJ, the uh-huh. host. Yeah. Like he's this Jeeves, is this is very sexy Jeeves. <laughs> I was like, he's either a radio show host or a sales pitch in an adult store. Welcome to the neurotic lover's bedroom, baby. But just about anything can happen. Multifaceted sex devices blow your mind from every angle. Yeah, that's true. These are these are your that's these are your options here. But also just how like the tone of it, the approach to the songwriting is is. 100% 100% Prince. You're like, oh uh-huh. yeah, that's that guy. But it's not a Prince anybody heard until Dirty Mind. Yeah. Controversy. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. It was just so out of left field. It's not singing. It's spoken word. Uh-huh. Uh, I think ultimateprince.com compared it to, you know, a strong parliament funkadelic uh-huh. influence, which I say is is right. But even more specifically, Bootsy Collins, who I mentioned yeah. up front, it's like, Bootsy Collins, the way he speaks, uh, his rubbery bass playing, uh, the way that he delivers lyrics. Listen to Physical Love from the album Stretching Out and Bootsy Collins' Rubber Band in 1976, which is about the time that this was recorded. Mm-hmm. And then also Munchies for Your Love from Ah, the name is Bootsy, baby, <laughs> the following year in 1977. <laughs> There are, for there are so many similarities uh, there. And I mean, if you don't know who Bootsy Collins is, please look him up. But if you are a Bruno Mars fan, Bootsy Collins was responsible for naming the Bruno Mars collaboration Silk Sonic. Uh-huh. And he narrates most of the album too. Bootsy Collins does. Yeah. He's retired from touring. He's an older gentleman, of course, and probably has seen a thing or two in his life. <laughs> Uh, having been part of the Parliament Funkadelic P-Funk All-Star group. Mm-hmm. But super fun. I mean, like, he, there are some new studio albums by Bootsy Collins that have come out in the last two or three years to, that are like, if you like Bootsy Collins, and there's nothing not to like about <laughs> oh, them. Oh, fun. But it's all very much in the same kind of vein. Okay. Very cool. So not just a drum machine, but almost like the, like when I was a kid, I had a keyboard that would it do, sounds it sounds like, like that. And a little, keyboard. like a little fill button at eight seconds. Uh-huh. And it would take back off again. Yeah, this is some first-generation funky prints, the most funk of his formative years, I think, that he would lay down on record. Yeah. He does this sniff 
at a minute. And I was like, is he just waking up or no. is there a mind altering substance at work here? I'm like, I think there's a mind altering substance. Well, He's pretending. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, so we hadn't yet reached Prince is the only drug that we need. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> he hadn't fully formed. His brain was still forming at uh-huh. this age for crying out loud. Yeah. But, you know, it's almost like you are the object of his affection you've arrived <laughs> you've arri- uh, have arrived at his bedroom which uh-huh. might not even be in a house he owns <laughs> he <laughs> welcomes you and says i love this welcome to the neurotic lover's bedroom baby where just about anything can happen just, just about, about anything can happen okay uh, there's some slightly troubling things like have you tried the lotus position while being strangled I was like, oh, I didn't realize autoerotic asphyxiation, asphyxiation, not asphyxiation, <laughs> asphyxiation was so commonly known then, then, yeah. which I mean, I guess, I mean, people have been choking other people while they've been doing yeah, nasty but I mean, stuff if you're in the time. lotus position, sexual position with someone else and you're yeah. being strangled, then it's probably... The person you're engaged with, because uh-huh. you're face to face. Well, I mean, he suggests, you know, tying something around your neck to like he to does. get there later. Uh, he does. Yeah. So, does. I mean, I mean, get a rope and strangle yourself. If you can't, I'm just gonna say, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna engage in that, make sure it's you don't do it alone because it's really dangerous. A lot of people, a lot of famous people, have died that way. Usually when somebody's found hung in a closet, it's not because they were trying to kill themselves. It's because they were had in a situation. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, you know, also, like, be don't do it alone and have whoever you're doing it with be somebody you really trust. <laughs> or just don't. Maybe just don't do it. I, you know, if that's what floats your boat, that's fine. Just be safe about it. Okay. The, the, the sniffing thing, it's most definitely a pretend cocaine thing uh-huh. because he says want some stuff uh-huh. help yourself unless of course you're high enough uh-huh. uh, hello my sweet want some stuff help yourself unless of course uh, you're high enough so yeah. yeah he's mocking pretending to do that um, at a minute 15 seconds he has the rhyme it yourself, complete the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I want to show you a trick. Say hello to my. <laughs> Take off your clothes. I want to show you a trick. But first, I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Say hello to my. When I heard him say, I want to show you a trick, it immediately reminded me of the Syracuse Purple Rain concert that has been released, I don't know how many times, but was recently, in 2022, released in Dolby Atmos and remastered properly, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So I kind of like forced myself to go back and listen to it again, even though I kind of OD'd on that already. But at Uh the start of Let's Pretend We're Married, Prince says, dig up, y'all. I want to show you a new trick at a minute and 46 seconds in that song. And it is like lifted straight from here. Sounds Aww. like to me. It's very, uh-huh. very similar. Aww. Very, very similar. Dig up, y'all. I'm going to show you a new trick. 
making just some fun playing with the lyrics words here to make it both uh, sexual and musical. Yeah. I got the jam, baby. If you got the groove, yeah. let's rock. Yeah. Hold it right there. Don't move. I got the jam, baby. If you got the groove. It ain't nothing but a hammer, baby. You got the block. Stop driving, baby. Let's rock. You know, these are very like double uh, entendre. Uh, yeah, very like e- easily uh-huh. figured out. Yeah, <laughs> things. Right. Sure. There's so there's not a lot of deep meaning here, but it is fun. Let's rock would be a song that he would record not long after this. Right. That would then become Let's Work. So that's kind of interesting. We Boy, get all kinds of cool like. A minute and 31 seconds when he says, if you got the groove, there's a little breakdown and a quick guitar hit there that is kind of quintessential Prince. And you don't even realize that you're listening to it and that it is like so monumental that it's almost like the first time you hear this guy doing this kind of stuff. Uh He's going to go back to that thing. A yeah, lot, a whole all lot, the time. A whole lot. He almost like saved this up for later. He knew yeah. he could do this, but he wanted to like emulate people like Joni Mitchell uh-huh. first. Yeah. And exercise his voice first. Yeah. You know? Boy, at a minute and 50 seconds, do we get those fun 70s oh, funk yeah. guitars? I said, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And then. It does that for a minute, and then there's this electric rock guitar that's just so driving and enjoyable, and boy, he, like can he wail. More than a minute long, starting at two minutes and three seconds. And even longer than a minute, there's crazy layered guitar solos, mm. unlike... Anything you would hear on any of his first three albums, it was, again, like, I almost thought he was saving this for contract number two with Warner Brothers. Yeah. Because you didn't hear this kind of stuff on For You, Prince, Dirty Mind. You'd Uh hear a little bit of it it on Controversy, Uh uh, like Annie Christian, Uh and to jack you off, that kind of thing, was born out of this. Yeah. We have a little more of that radio show. Tune in next week, baby, for another adventure from the Neurotic Lover's Bedroom. Tune in next week, baby, for another adventure from the Neurotic Lover's Bedroom. Where anything can happen. So, like, he's got to wait for the next weekend to invite her back. <laughs> like, she's not allowed to go out on school nights. Yeah. So, there. <laughs> I want to come back to another thing here. But since you're at this point where he says... Uh, where anything can happen at uh-huh. three minutes and 44 seconds in the background, you get this coy prince going, anything, <laughs> which I thought was cool. Where anything can happen. So we're like three and a half minutes into the song, and he says, tune in next week. And I was thinking, wait, this this adventure is over now? Because... <laughs> I thought almost anything could happen here. Uh, And so far, she's walked in. She's watched you sniff a line. She greeted your penis and heard you play guitar. And I guess maybe he's leaving her wanting more. Come back later. Uh Like the comedian that leaves the stage on the best joke. 
He got his. I guess so. <laughs> he did. He did. So I thought that you would really hone in on the line at three minutes and ten seconds where he asked, do you know what I'm talking about now? Ah, uh, you are definitely holding some tomatoes, baby. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I Urban Dictionary goes knows nothing about what holding tomatoes means. Oh, I mean, do, do we need Urban Dictionary to tell us what we hold don't. tomatoes are? I was just are? hoping to find something I could quote and blame it on something I read on the <laughs> internet. Uh, tomatoes seem like a large fruit mm-hmm. to be in that particular area. It's okay. You might need to see a doctor <laughs> if it looks like tomatoes. Maybe he got his COVID shot. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> I think towards the end of this, there are lines that will likely prevent this from ever seeing an official release, I think. If there was ever to be a For You Super Deluxe Edition or Becoming Prince, the album and uh-huh. the book, that type of thing. This probably puts it in jeopardy. Oh, uh, is the... Well, just the whole... Get a rope and strangle uh, yourself? Oh, yeah, and how authoritative he's saying that, um, that he's giving specific instructions. Can't do it yourself. Have someone do it, but strangle, you know what I mean? Until you're blue in the face. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. you know, just the works. Do it up. If you're going to do it, do it right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Try it while you're being strangled. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, get a rope and strangle yourself. If you can't do it yourself, have someone do it. But strangle. You know what I mean? I mean, blue face. Just, you know, the works. Do it up. If you're going to do it, do it right. I think that that's probably relegated this to the vault forever. So if there was any disappointment on my part that's oh. probably it that okay. there will be reasons that this will be kept from the public in an official form mm-hmm. and who knows what condition it's in and it's best condition because what we have is very listenable but it's got a lot of hiss and it's clearly sure. you know a, a multi-generation copy but yeah then like really insane and distorted guitars over uh-huh. a repeating bass line and the can drum beat that winds down slowly to a yeah. proper ending for yeah. our friend, That's the right. young prince. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Boy, those guitars are just so insistent. They last forever. Uh-huh. Right? There's no... This seems like... This is what you should be listening to when you're... Oh, maybe so. Almost hanging yourself I'm in a sure. closet. Right. <laughs> uh, I just thought, like, this is the wildest thing. That Prince recorded that I've ever heard through yeah. like for you, nineteen seventy eight. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. is by far the most out it's, there. Yeah, it's idea, the biggest outlier concept. from of any of the songs, yeah, really. A song with lyrics that he doesn't sing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not falsetto, right. spoken word. Yeah. It's very dirty. There's no the like love. Are dirty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's but I mean right. there's like this is this yeah, is not a it may be you know, a girl, it may even be a girl that he likes, Yeah, but it's not about love. Right. Yeah. This is, Mm -hmm. I have a mission to accomplish. Yeah. 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 All right. 
So that is all of the music that we're going to talk about today. We do make some selections, our final selections of For You. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies, I'm just going to say, at the time at which it was recorded, because only the Lewis Connection song is released. No, sure. Um, The C, the low point. The mountain, the high point. Correct. All right. So the time capsule for me is got to be something here by the Lewis Connection because it's a very 70s sound. It's the start of Prince working with Sunny T, even though he doesn't work with him significantly again for a very long time. But I thought that was really neat. Same. And I will. I mean, yeah, I've got the exact same time capsule. Got to be something here. The whole, like, as we're here in 2023 uh, with Diamonds and Pearls getting a super deluxe edition, Sunny T playing a mm-hmm. huge role on that album. Yeah. And here he is. At the, it was just kind of kismet to me that we're covering this. And, oh, there's the Sunny T connection. Uh-huh. The timing is perfect. And we'll get to hear more from Sunny T here in the next number of episodes, probably for a long time. Yeah. Yes. The C, if I have to find fault somewhere, I guess I'm going to say that it's uh, that I spend my time loving you is over long. Okay. But I mean, if he'd recorded it, quote unquote, for real, I'm sure it would have been edited. Sure. And yeah. been an appropriate length, and that would have been fine. Yeah. So, all the C's on our outtakes, it's like, it's well, what do you want the guy to do? He didn't, this didn't get released. Right. You know, he's allowed to. Explore things right. and practice. And we're allowed to listen to them illicitly. Yeah. <laughs> Who's stopping us, you know? <laughs> Same thing for me. Like, I hate to pass judgment on an amateur basement recording of a teenager, but if I'm picking one that was like the thing I'll return to the least, it's Nightingale for me. Okay. Was a little like, you know, the portrait of. What was it? Portrait of a sunrise? <laughs> uh, yeah. It was just like trying to over-romanticize to the point where he might have pushed it a little too far. Sure. Which is all okay when you're trying to figure stuff out. Yes. So, uh, no real judgment. No. But that's my C. Yes. All right. Sounds good. All right. Uh, the Mountain. Boy, it's hard to argue with the guitars and Prince's speaking voice and all of the weird out there fun of neurotic lovers bedroom. That is probably the song I will go back and listen to the most of these. So that is my mountain. Yeah. Um, I mean, confession time. I've been holding this song in my back pocket for like <laughs> seven episodes because uh, I knew you hadn't heard it before. Yeah. Cause I just kind of listened to it. I'm like, Holy mackerel. That is wild. That is really wild. So if for you was like a prelude to the sexy, nasty type of stuff that we'd see from Prince on dirty mind and beyond, then this secret little track laid it all bare. Well, mm-hmm. before his first album musically, totally awesome. Lyrically, I think he was almost too young to understand like the danger of what he was saying, and uh-huh. that you know you would become this model of you know I'm going to do what he does, I'm going to wear what he wears, I'm going to yeah. say what he says. So he was even unaware of like the type of power there was in that type of thing. So for me, I almost give him a pass for all of that. Sure, and it's unreleased. Yeah, and I'm going to probably bet good money that it never will be. Right. Um. So yeah, for sure. That is my mountain. Agree. Agree, agree. 
Awesome. Well, I have a good idea of the general thing that we're going to be talking about for probably the next year. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> I know what we're, we're going to be going talking on? about diamonds and pearls, but I don't know exactly where we're starting. We've kind of had, uh, we've talked around what options there might be, but of course that decision is all up to you, my dear. This is such a weight on my shoulders too. So heavy. So where heavy are we starting? The load. So the Super Deluxe Edition is out. Yeah. So there's a huge amount of material. Obviously, there's the proper album. There's a remastered album. There's the Dolby Atmos mix of the album, which is the first time any of Prince's studio material has been released in Dolby Atmos, which I thought might be gimmicky. And then I listened to it. <laughs> with, you've got to have the right equipment to listen to it. Right. Uh, and it is a very wildly different experience. It almost makes you question, would Prince be okay with this? Yeah. But you get the remastered album and there's of course the source material. So it's almost like it's, it's a, it's a, someone who knew Prince's music Mm -hmm. bring, giving it new light. So I, I loved doing it, but I think that all gets ahead of ourselves a little bit. Okay. So the way I say we treat it is let's relive the era of diamonds and pearls the way it was unveiled to the world and the way that I heard it as a super fan, junior, senior in high school, trying to follow it from Corpus Christi, Texas, and trying Uh to understand where Prince was, what he was doing. It was hard to get information, that kind of thing. So we've got to start with the Get Off single that was released in the summer of 1991 and how it evolved into the maxi single plus the B-side that was really an album track. Horny Pony. So how we divide all that up, we'll figure out in the next two weeks, and we'll come ready to share it with uh-huh. you. Okay, so lots of get off. I get to listen to so much get off. I'm I, so excited. I'm a little worried <laughs> that there's so much you might be overwhelmed. So there is like the maxi single, right, that was officially yeah. released, and then there's the damn near 10-minute version uh-huh. that is on the SDE that was kind of like the track that Prince sent out to clubs uh-huh. just to kind of like have a fun track. And then the reaction was so big that he was like, I've got to include this on my album. And then the video came together and uh-huh. then, you know, the MTV Music Awards, butt out performance, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. But there are in-house mixes of Get Off that were never released that are longer than the maxi single of release material. And that doesn't even touch the finished version of diamonds and pearls before get off kind of shook it up. Uh huh. So there's so much to get into. Uh, I don't, if for you with seven episodes, I couldn't even begin to think (laughs) how long it's going to take us (laughs) to to get get through through diamonds Diamonds and pearls Pearls now, especially now with three discs of unreleased music, Uh two official concerts Uh to listen to. There's, there's so much that's not on the super deluxe edition. Yeah. Unfortunately, even some songs that were released as part of the album didn't make it onto super deluxe edition for whatever reason you can think of. Uh-huh. So it's a little bit of a glamorous mess, but that's also was like Prince during the time. So that's how I'm approaching it. Like he just went with the flow, got an idea, went all into it. It didn't matter if it came out perfect. Yeah. It was like just making new stuff. Yeah. Get it out. Yep. Yeah. And something that was so much a departure from the what the 80s had been and the sounds of that had been prevalent in the 80s that made him famous. Yeah. And here is this new thing. Oh, yeah. That with he new is, people. Like, new who people. Is, yeah. Who's this drummer for like, you know, 
Prince. It's got like Sheila E. and Bobby Z. Those are the only drummers we ever knew for Prince. Uh-huh. Uh, and here's this guy, big personality, young kid. Like all there was, there was like massive experience with Sonny T. And then a guy like Michael Bland, who was as young as Prince was when he started, didn't know anything about Jack. Yeah, you know who would ask Prince when the flight was. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just uh, super cool. Um, this was kind of like my favorite era of Prince. I know yours was like the gold experience, sort mm-hmm. of your favorite album for a long time. Diamonds and Pearl was like my favorite sound, despite like I was okay with Tony M and the rapping, uh-huh. you know, I kind of like accepted it, Yeah, but it was a little like following trends a little bit for the first time, but also his look during this period, the costumes, mm-hmm. his hair, the evolution of the beard, Yeah, you know, it was pretty badass yeah it's badass yeah awesome well i can't wait to get into that i'm very excited i'm really looking forward to it we hope that you are looking forward to it if you are looking forward to it invite a friend to listen along with you or at least listen so that y'all can talk about the ridiculousness that we're about to get into (laughs) which i'm really looking forward to Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice. We don't just come on the radio somewhere. You actively choose to listen to us. And we really, really appreciate it. And until next time, happy purple listening, friends. Thanks for sticking with us. Next up is... Why can't I think of how to say it? Nadira. Why is it Nadara? Well, I, well that's... A, it was a girl. Well, we'll get there. It is Nadara, but it uh, is how it's spelled... Nadira, how it's said. All right. Okay, go ahead. Very. Yeah, I say John Denver. It's probably more of uh, the woman. The woman. <laughs> yes. A, a case, case of, of you, you. Joni, Joni Mitchell. <laughs> Joni Mitchell. Go ahead. <laughs>